I'm Charlie Keegan. This is the Central Wigan Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Central Wigan Podcast. This is episode 21 and a lot has happened since I last recorded an episode for this podcast. I last put one out when we were about to play Norwich City and since then I've been travelling around America and back to England, caught the flu or COVID, one of them. And honestly, I've just not had the energy to put into any time into this podcast. But I'm feeling much better now in myself anyway because the state of Wigan Athletic at the moment is pretty poor, I'll be honest. So since the last episode, we've drawn against Norwich, we lost to Preston, Drew to Birmingham, lost to West Brom, and then obviously last night we lost at Turf Moor to Burnley. But our position in the Championship is looking worse and worse each week. But then to hit with the story that wages are paid late again, I just felt like a bit of a cherry on the top and really, really sour note on, that this season has taken. Essentially, the wages have been paid late for a fourth time this season alone, and it just comes two months after we received a suspended three points deduction, which was actually meant to run until December this year. But the owners have seemingly broken the EFO rules and trust again, obviously let alone the fans trust. And we're only two months after that points deduction got put in place. So it's a really, really messy situation that's going on right now. And I just want to look over the past week to sort of form a timeline to it all and just understand what has happened because it's been quite hard to follow along with. So if we cast our minds back to Wednesday, the club held a fans forum and I had a ticket to go, but because I wasn't feeling well, I decided not to go. But apparently there was real indications that there was no issue with the payments or funds. We were in a strong position financially. Yeah, there was problems going on on the field and we were, you know, they were just talking through all those points. But, you know, Mal Brannigan and Sean Maloney stayed late afterwards to talk to supporters after the event had finished. I love to see that. But then on Thursday, allegedly there was an emergency meeting called at the DW where staff were reportedly told that the wages may have been late, but the club are trying to work hard to fix this. Then we see that the season tickets have been put back due to technological improvements, which at this point I'm not convinced the issue is separate from the cash issue that we're seeing at the moment. And then we go and play a game against Burnley, not knowing much more about the situation other than a midnight statement released letting supporters know that there's a liquidity issue and that wages are indeed late. I've said for a while now that the benefit of the doubt, if the wages are paid late one time, with the basis that the funds coming from Bahrain and into the UK banks likelihood there could be an issue with the bank transaction that is completely out of the club's control. I think it's a poor excuse, but I think for a first time, it's one that I can't accept. For the wages to be paid late now four times in the same season, with us knowing that a suspended points deduction was hanging overhead, it's just plain negligence from the owners, and ultimately, they're the only ones that can be held accountable for it. There's obviously no excuse, there's nowhere to place the blame, but the owners have got to get their funds in order to meet the monthly requirements of this football club, and if they cannot do that, that is a complete gross negligence of what they're what they're here to do. And ultimately now that has a direct impact on the staff and the families who might miss required payments of their own. I think it is important still as well to keep in mind that all the good things that the owners have done, you know, Phoenix, who is led by Mr. Al Jazmi and our chairman Talal Al Hamad, they've done great things. They took over us when nobody else was really there. They got us on a League One winning campaign to, you know, to get back into the championship. There was a real belief coming into this season that there was a real buzz around the club. This season has not gone as planned, and obviously, you know, along the way they've admitted to mistakes, but they've kept saying, you know, thank you for your support and stick with us. That can only really go so long, but they have done good things. So to brand them as terrible owners who do not care about the football club, I think that is a bit harsh. They obviously have the limitation when it comes to the funding of the club, and as we saw recently in the annual statements, that they lost 7.7 million in our League One winning campaign. 
it's a tough business to be to be in. And obviously, we know how much wood the Whelans are putting in trying to trying to keep us going. A few of the key performance indicators for those uh, for that year of the seven point seven million loss: we turned over eight point three million. Staff costs was minus thirteen million. Operating loss was minus ten point five million. Profit on sale of plays was two point eight million. And obviously, then that leaves us as a net loss before tax of seven point seven million. League position first, average attendance was ten thousand three hundred and forty-three. Marbranigan said that the financial results for the year ending June twenty twenty-three are forecast to show a significant increase in the operating loss made during this period. Although this will be very much dependent on the club's divisional status, on the assumption that the team will continue to be playing in the Championship, which at this point it doesn't look likely. The 2024 accounts are expected to report a further loss, but reduced in comparison to 2023 through a combination of increased income and reduced operating and staffing costs with the trend of reducing losses in the future financial years. So obviously, it's going to be a messy situation. For the time being, I can't really see us turning a profit. I can't really see us ever turning a profit until you know we can try and get back into the Premier League. But even to try and get there, it's just so much money that you've got to put in just to get out of the Championship to compete. How many teams have we played this season where, you know, they're playing with 4 million players, 5 million players? You know, Victor Giocaresi, we've got to go and play against Coventry. He's being valued at 20-odd million at the moment to, to go to Everton or or one of the Premier League sides. So there's a lot of money in the Championship. We don't have it. And we are a really small fish in, in quite a big pond at the moment. So it's, um, it's a very, very difficult one. There was a statement that got put out by Talal Al-Hamad on Twitter last night. And in that statement, he says, I am writing to you today to reflect on what has been a difficult and challenging season for our football club. It's no secret that we have experienced our fair share of ups and downs over the past few months. Obviously, we definitely have, and he's, he's highlighted that straight out the block. As a club, we have faced some tough challenges. We understand that this has been a source of genuine concern for many of you, and I want to assure you that this is a temporary solution that will, along with the wages issue, be resolved next week. There was a little caveat there that along with the wages issue, a lot of people thought that the wages issue was the main issue. But I think the overriding issue is more of a liquidity issue with Phoenix as a, as a whole. And obviously then, then that has a knock on to the wages. And I think what the liquidity issue really is, is that Phoenix have a lot of the money tied up in assets, but they don't really have cash in the bank. And trying to get the cash in the bank through selling assets, that apparently that's maybe where, where the issue is coming from. I'm not a financial person. I don't really understand the ins and outs of the big business world, but you know, if I was to put money on it, then I do think that that's probably probably what the reason is. The cash in the bank just isn't there at the moment, but they're trying to get they're trying to get that sorted. Talal then says, however, I want to take this opportunity to address some rumours that we have been circulating in the media about the club's financial situation. I want to make it clear that the owner is financially committed to building a stronger and more stable future and that the club does not have any debts. We know that the fans are the heart and soul of the club and we want to thank you for your unwavering support throughout the season even during this challenging time. We understand that it's not been easy, but we ask you to continue stand to stand with us and we work towards a brighter future. In closing, I want to reiterate that the ownership is fully committed to our club and our fans. We know that there will be challenges along the way, but we are confident with, that with hard work, determination and your unwavering support, we will emerge from this season wiser and more resilient from before. Obviously, we need to emerge from this season wiser. We also need to finish wisely. We can't have any more late, late payments from now until the end of the season. Definitely not over the summer because... If we're going to try and make this club an attractive place for people to come to, you know, people to invest in, and by investing, I don't mean, you know, multi-million pound investments. I mean simply as season tickets as well. You can't keep asking people for continued support, but then letting them down and, and breaking trust little bits along the way because those little bits of trust breaking, it does amount to a lot. And obviously, if you're a Wigan Athletic fan, you should be a Wigan Athletic fan. And, 
you know, if you want to buy a match day ticket, go and buy a match day ticket. If you want to buy a season ticket, go and buy a season ticket. If you can't afford that at the moment, then that obviously is fine and nobody is blaming anybody, but you can't make the club a less attractive place for people to come when it is Wigan Athletic. You know, we're not Manchester United or Liverpool where there's always going to be fans. If a seat's not filled one day, it's probably going to be filled by somebody else the next day. At Wigan, it's not really like that. It's more of a family, more of a community thing. We just want good football to watch we want a good atmosphere to come to we want a good football club to come to and the owners now really need to be careful that they're not making too many mistakes that make it you know a place where it feels like a chore to support it feels like a bit of a headache you know obviously like I said if you're going to support Wigan Athletic you're going to support them through thick and thin and and that's the main thing but yeah the owners just need to be a little bit careful I obviously saw that there was this rumor of an AI generated statement that people were saying that Talal's just got it off chat GBT or whatever it's called I think <laughs> I had a little check and I did put it through an AI checker. It did come out that it was strongly probably suggested that it had come from an AI source. But then thinking about it, you know, if he's written it in his first language, I don't know what language he speaks predominantly, but if he's written it like that and you put it through Google Translate, Google Translate is an AI technology. And then obviously with the outcome being in English from from Google Translate, you know, likely that is what is flagging up. I can't really see that he's just gone into ChatGBT and typed, you know, <laughs> type me up Wigan Athletic apology to the fans for X, Y, and Z. And then obviously got this. I don't think that that is what has happened at all. But yeah, it's a very, very messy situation and one that could probably be debated for, you know, long into the night. And, you know, a lot of people will have a lot of opinions, but... Ultimately, the owners have messed up again. They need to not mess up again. And I really hope that staff and the players can get paid soon and everybody can just try and move on with this, you know, probably with a three points deduction. But with all that said, there is a game on Tuesday night. We go to the DW again. We play Coventry City, who are sitting ninth in the championship. So I'm going to run through the match preview for that. I'm going to go through the form and the stats of both sides. Then we can look at who to watch players that we need to look out for for Coventry City and obviously who we think then we can play in our team selection that can try and counter them to try and get a three points that we vitally, vitally need. So next up for Wigan Athletic is a game against Coventry City who sit ninth in the Skybet Championship with 53 points. Latics have picked up 32 points in comparison. They are managed by Mark Robbins since March the 6th, 2017. So he's only just he's only just celebrated his sixth year anniversary in charge of the club, which puts him in the top five of the longest serving managers in English football right now behind Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp. So far this season, City have played 36 matches in the league, winning 14 of them, drawing 11 and losing 11. Overall, they've scored 42, conceded 35. That obviously creates a goal difference of plus seven. And they've kept 17 clean sheets, which is the most in the championship with Preston and Burnley behind them with 16. At the Coventry Building Society Arena this season, they have played 19, won 9, drawn 6 and lost 4. We obviously went there and lost 2-0. They've scored 24, conceded 17 and kept 9 clean sheets there. And overall, they have picked up 33 of their 53 points at home. Away from home this season, they've not been as good. They've played 17, won 5, drawn 5, lost 7, scored 18, conceded 18, and have kept 8 clean sheets. Overall, they have picked up just 20 of their 53 points on the road. Over the most recent six league matches, Coventry City have won 4 and drawn 2, obviously haven't lost. And in that same period, they've scored 10, conceded 2, and they've kept 4 clean sheets. The wins in that run have come against Millwall, Rotherham, Sunderland, and Huddersfield Town with the draws coming against Preston North End and most recently a 1-1 draw with Hull City at the Coventry Building Society Arena, which 
Apparently, they don't have the stadium rights for next season as of yet. So there's a bit of confusion around season tickets, whether they're going to be going out for that stadium. I can't see them not. I can, I, you know, I can see Coventry City playing there. I, I don't really understand why whoever owns a stadium won't let them play there next year. But I think that that situation probably will be sorted out quite soon. Taking a look at Lolatic's recent form, in our most recent six league matches, we haven't won a game, but we have drawn three and lost three. In that same period, we have scored three, conceded eight, and just kept the one clean sheet. The draws so far have come against Bristol City, Norwich City, and Birmingham City. So draws against the cities. But our losses are, you know, a 2-1 against Preston North End, a 1-0 against West Brom, and then most recently, the 3-0 against Burnley, which I don't think you can really look back on and say that we could have got anything from that game. You know, it's Burnley. Vincent Company set them up brilliantly. I thought that... Burnley never really had a player standing still, and if they were standing still, it's because they were in a perfect position to, you know, to receive the ball and play the ball. So they are a very well drilled team, probably one of the best the championship has ever seen. Must be up there with Leeds and Marco Bielsa's side. So now to look at the who to watch players for Coventry City, and obviously are led by one person who is just leading them on their stats chart so far. It's 24-year-old Swedish centre forward Victor Gjokeres. We know all about him from the last time he played against us. He scored against us. And so far this season, 36 games, 17 goals and 7 assists. He was an IF Brommer youth before moving to Brighton in January 2018. There he spent loans at FC St. Pauli, who were German, I think I pronounced that right, or St. Pauli. Then at Swansea, and then he actually went to Coventry for 6 months in 2021, before making the move permanent in July 2021 for a reported 1 million He's had 110 games in the championship, 37 goals and 11 assists, 102 games now for Coventry City. So he's one of the integral players. And like I said before, he's been linked with Premier League moves, maybe with Everton for 20 odd million. I think Alan Nixon is, is what he's reporting it, it might need to be to, to try and get him there. But he's one of the top players and no doubt he's going to start against us on Tuesday night. The second player I've got is Gustavo Hamer, 25 Dutch centre midfielder, 31 games this season, six goals and five assists. He had youth spells at Meerberg, Edo, and Feyenoord in the Dutch leagues before progressing to the Feyenoord first team in July 2016. There he had loan spells at SC Direct and he was there for one season. Then he was sold to PEC Zwolle in July 2018 and then bought for over 1 million in July 2020 by Coventry. I hope I didn't butcher any of those names, but you know they're not familiar to me. I don't know. I don't really know what league they play in or, or which nations really. So far, he's got 111 championship games to his name with 14 goals and 18 assists. His best goal season is actually at the moment, but he got 10 assists last season, which was his best, but he only got three goals. So he's definitely improved on his tally in front of goal and no doubt the assists are going to come until the end of the season. The third player I had was Jamie Allen, 20 English centre midfielder with 34 games he's got six goals and two assists but he's actually got a calf injury and he's not going to be playing against us on Tuesday night so next up I've got Matt Godden he's 31 English centre forward 20 games this season five goals and two assists and he even got the game equaliser against Hull City last time out he was a Scunthorpe youth player before progressing to the first team then he had loans to Brigtown, Gainsborough, Ebbsfleet Dartford, Tamworth, before a free move to Ebbsfleet in July 2014. He then had a free transfer to Stevenage in July 2016, before a small fee move to Peterborough in July 2017. They looked to have doubled the investment on him, they got uh, double what they paid for him, and Coventry City bought him in August 2019. Up to now, he's got 102 games for Coventry City, with 38 goals and 8 assists, and his total in the championship is 74 matches, 23 goals and 6 assists, so he's probably starting to round off his career at this point, I don't know if he's going to finish it at Coventry or go back to one of the clubs he's already been at maybe go somewhere else but I can't really see him being with him beyond his contract expiry which I think is 2024. 
And another player that is worth noting is Casey Palmer, who's 26 Jamaican, centre attacking mid. 29 games this season, three goals and two assists, but he has injured his hamstring and he also will not be playing on Tuesday night. So a bit of a loss there for Coventry City, but hopefully it works in our favour. So looking at the lineup that Wigan Athletic could choose from, obviously we lost Omar Rakik down to a suspension for getting a double yellow and obviously then a red card. For two challenges on Nathan Teller last time out, so he is obviously up for suspension for this game. Jack Watmore, I'm not too sure what the extent of the injury is. I know he pulled up in a warm-up a couple of games ago. It wasn't included at all at the Burnley game. I doubt he'll really be in contention for this for this game on Tuesday night. Ben Almas probably is going to be staying in goal. Our back three, I wouldn't be too surprised if it is Ryan Nyambe, Stephen Corker and Charlie Hughes. On the wings, though, I would like to see Tom Pierce stay at left wing back. I don't think that really against Burnley he could show what what he can do. I know Coventry is going to be a very tough game, but we really need his crosses and we really need his sort of pace down that left-hand side. James McLean, I would keep him on the bench for this one. Tendai Dariqua, likely just going to go out on the on the right wing back position. In the midfield, if Chris Teehee is up to it, I would rather have him centred with Max Power. I think Tom Naylor did an okay job. Obviously, it's a very difficult game to go into and you can't really blame any of the players for coming out with a loss, but I like Tom Naylor, but I really want Chris Teehee in that in that centre position. Moving into the forward line, you know, we've got Sonani's available, Keane, Lang, Asgard, McGuinness, Fletcher. For this one, probably Keane, Sonani and McGuinness is who I would really like to go for. Obviously, McGuinness didn't get much time because he was the collateral for the Omar Rikik red card. He came off for, for Stephen Corker to come on. Just stick Josh McGuinness up top, start swinging in crosses from Tom Pierce. try and get Charlie Hughes to lump a few in if we can get deep inside the Coventry half. Sanani maybe with the, with his corners. Because we're taking James McLean off, I would rather have somebody who's good at taking corners, like Daniel Sanani. So hopefully if Josh McGuinness is in there, he can get his head to a couple and try and surprise a few people. And just looking at the Skybet Championship table, obviously we are rock bottom with 32 points, tied with Huddersfield Town around 32 and Blackpool FC around 32. I know Huddersfield Town are having administration problems at the moment. I don't really know what that means in terms of points, if they're going to get any deductions or if they can sort something out where that it doesn't really come to that. Above us, we have Cardiff City who are on 38 points. Obviously, this, there's a six-point gap there. We're all tied on games. You know, really, we just need seven more points than what Cardiff actually pick up from now until the end of the season to be able to beat them. Obviously, if we get the, uh, the minus three deduction, that's going to throw a spanner in the works and give us more of an uphill battle. But the benchmark at the moment as it stands is we need seven more points than what Cardiff pick up by the end of the season to stay safe. So all teams are either playing on Tuesday or Wednesday night this week. And to go through the fixtures and just to see what the big ones are for us, Blackpool host QPR, which is a massive game for us. I really want a draw, nil-nil, if we can get that. Wigan Athletic obviously hosts Coventry. Rotherham hosts Preston. I want Preston to be able to win that one. Watford hosts Birmingham. We want Watford to win that. Millwall versus Swansea. I'm not really too fussed who wins that. And Middlesbrough versus Stoke again. Huddersfield versus Norwich City. Obviously, we want Norwich City to comfortably win that one. Blackburn Rovers against Reading. I think Blackburn are going to win, but I'm not really too fussed about the outcome on that. Luton Town hosts Bristol City. Cardiff City are hosting West Brom. Obviously, we need West Brom to win that, and I do think they'll do that comfortably. Hull City hosts Burnley and Sunderland host Sheffield United, which Sheffield United are starting to bottle it a little bit to, to third place. Middlesbrough are quickly catching them, and the gap at the moment is down to four points with Sheffield United on 67 and Middlesbrough on 63. So whilst we're not having much excitement and enjoyment down at the bottom of the table, I'm enjoying the, the little run for, for playoffs and the, the automatic promotion spots. So it has been a very difficult week up to this point, but you know, full attention now on the game against Coventry City. There's still games to be played. There is still a season to fight for. Whilst the owners are letting us down, you know, the players, they're still trying to give everything. Sean Maloney's committed to it. 
he's obviously trying to trying to find results from somewhere. So I am looking forward to this game and as ever, optimistic. I think that if we can try and shore our defences up a little bit, Charlie Hughes try and defend Victor Gokres out of the game, Stephen Corker try and defend Gustavo Hamer out of the game, a couple of late breaks by Tom Pierce and hopefully we can go and win this one 2-1 and get get vital three points. I would I would love to see that. But you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Central Wigan. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, whichever one you are listening to on at the moment, whichever one is on your device. And as always, thank you for listening and up the ticks.